It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This AceCast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, gone. Go hey, gets a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Are we Are we on the air? We are now. I am being accosted by security here for my badge. Well, it would be the first time Roy almost interrupted at something. Roy, put your head down so we people can see the legend. Come down, come down, come down. That's the legend right there. This man right here has been running the show on the field at the Coliseum how many years? 39. 39 years. I've known you for well over 20 and probably the greatest thing you used to do for me is when I was doing the Warriors post-game show, you used to bring me beers for the post-game show. I would do that. That's the kind of man this man is. And I never got a Christmas card. I'll get oh, you a wow. Christmas card this year. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, buddy. We are we're official. We are checked in. All right, is it time to throw him under the bus now that he's gone? No, the bat, the, the bat we'd be sitting, it'd be Matt Steinmetz and I, we'd be sitting there doing Warriors post-game. And he'd come with the cart that was from the suites, and he'd drop off a couple beers while we were breaking down Golden State Warrior basketball. By the way, I liked my volume, whatever it was. Well, you were peaking. That's why I had to turn it down. Oh, I like it high. I mean, I can't help it. All righty. We have a great show for you today on Ace Cast Live. Just a programming note, I've been in discussion with a uh, – one Bob Melvin, former manager of the Oakland Athletics, and you're going to hear today Chris Bassett is going to be on the program. We taped him yesterday, got here early. Obviously, he's on the mound today, so we wouldn't have been able to get him today. So we check in with Seabass a little bit later today, and he had some really nice things to say about Bob Melvin. I sent that to one Robert Melvin and San Diego at home against Philly. They're he responded to the text, so he had to be. This is probably, I think it's a 641st pitch. They're in San Diego, not Philly, Correct. right? Correct, yes. So uh, Bob Melvin will be joining us here on A's Cast Live when the Padres come to town. Next weekend. For the final homestand of the year. Ten games at home, and that's it for 2023. Chris Bassett will bring him on in a few minutes, or you'll see what we taped yesterday. 
I kind of like it where we did it diamond yeah. level seats. I kind of like that. So you'll see sea bass. Uh, we're going to have a, a player today. I believe it's going to be Zach Geloff is going to join us. First question I'm going to be is, so what have you been doing? Yeah, how's your month? How was your month of August? No, well, why are you here? Because we only bring people been doing stuff on this program. Make him explain why he's on Ace Cast Live. Is he worthy of being on Ace Cast Live? I think he had a nice little month. Or does he just get up and walk off at that point? Oh, we never had that happen yet. So we'll have uh, Zach Geloff coming up probably right after batting practice. Eno Saris, something I want to get into today, and it's a legitimate question. We'll get to that in a second. But Eno Saris at 5 o'clock, our national baseball columnist from The Athletic, and then a really just good baseball discussion. Eric Martins, who is your infield coach, your third base coach, been in this organization his entire professional career as a player, as a scout, as a coach. Had a great conversation with Eric Martins. Not only did we talk for you on camera, and you'll be able to hear it, obviously, athletics.com slash acecast that you could be listening right now. But we, we, we got to an in-depth conversation for probably about almost a good half hour after. And... You know, it's what we want to do is highlight, you know, these coaches are pretty fascinating that we have with the athletics, and we focus so much on the players. But I think what we're going to do as we head into the offseason and as we're going to be at spring training and everything is really start to highlight the coaches more, get to know the coaches. And his story is great. I actually played against him in college. He was at Long Beach State. I was at San Jose State. Obviously, we didn't know each other, but – uh, fascinating what he does and, and, and what he has been through and what he is doing now as, you know, he got to learn under Ron Washington and what he's learned all these years as a coach, as a scout, and now what he's doing with the infielders because, let's face it, all infielders are different. You're not going to teach Jordan Diaz the same way you teach Zach Geloff or that you teach Nick Allen. All players are different. A good teacher, a good coach, understands how to relate to all these different guys. So we're going to talk to Eric Martins a lot about that kind of stuff because he's a, you know, we're going to have, you know, there's a big question. Everybody who's following on the inside and you're looking at what's happening in the minor leagues, you're looking at Hernays down there going, hey, man, this guy we got from Cole Irvin from Baltimore, all he does is hit. Can he play shortstop at the big league level? I don't know. We've never seen it. Will he? And if he can't, is the bat going to play here? And if the bat plays here, well, where's he going to go? Where are you going to play him? Well, it's going to be Eric Martin's job to make sure he can play somewhere on the infield here at the big league level. So uh, we're going to get a lot into that. Uh, a discussion that's going to be happening the next couple weeks is how we decide the MVP and how we decide awards. And I, I, found, I found some information, and I went, wow. It is amazing how we look at who should be an MVP and who shouldn't versus how all the other sports conduct how they vote for and how they decide who's their MVP. Baseball is out on an island because it really is – a diverse thought process on what because some people think well you should be a guy you can tell them to go they can 
people are worried. Uh, I think they're waiting for the, the bads to get scared. Go ahead, go ahead. You're good, you're good. We're Toronto people. No, you're a Blue Jay. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> our friends from Canada. The six, as they call it. The six. Toronto's the six. Who calls it that? Apparently you're not hip. That's what Drake calls it, the six. No, I'm not hip with Drake in Canada, and I'm proud of that. Even though I like Drake, but I'm not going for the Canada part of Drake. Who calls it the six? Am I wrong? Is it not called the six? So, uh, See, our, our young crack staff who were much younger than me. Show me where people other than Drake call Toronto the six. And why does he call it the six? You better have an answer. I'm pretty sure it's not like the uh, area code or zip code up, up there. I don't know. When Lawrence Butler throws up the fours, he can give us a reason why he throws up the fours. Why does he call it the six? Or are you just bogarting some song and you really oh, don't know it's, the origin of it? I've heard it on a broadcast. What, I wasn't born in Canada. I don't. I have no idea. Oh, so you're throwing it out there like you know, and now you've been I'm challenged. A Midwest, I'm a Midwest boy, as you say. Now that you've been challenged, you're backing up faster than Deion Sanders. Hey, Coach Prime, 22 in the nation. <laughs> or a call. I'm a call. We have a Colorado household now. All right, but, but what? One game, and all of a sudden now you're you're now Deion Sanders. Good, I gotta like boy. I gotta like somebody in the Pac-12. Fanboy. I need to uh, I need to change. I need to amend my prediction. I want permission to amend live here, audio and video. Hold on, I looked up the Toronto thing. Toronto's called the six because of the six. Uh, municipalities making up the Metro Toronto before they all they all joined in 1998, so it's called the Six because of the municipalities. Yes. Oh, really? That's really, that's what I want to hear from the Six. Our, yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> I want to amend my Deion Sanders prediction. I want permission, and once I'm granted this permission, if I'm right, I'm going to look like a genius. Permission granted. Permission granted. Okay. Did I do this to you or was it on air? I can't remember my prediction for Dion next season. I know you and I had multiple discussions. I don't know if they were on air about, about Dion. My prediction was Dion Sanders returns to the NFL oh. next year. You and I talked you and I talked about this off. I'm the switching air. teams though. Don't still the one I said. You said the you I said the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins yeah. But I gotta switch it to the Cowboys. Makes I mean it makes a lot of sense. I am predicting right here at – because if, folks, I I love Dion. He's one of the greatest athletes. He and Bo Jackson, what they did, I, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. To play at a high level the way they did in two different sports, it, it's unbelievable. And now all the gushing and hype, it's great. It's great. And, by the way, whether people are into it or they're criticizing it, it just goes to show this is the entertainment business. And Deion Sanders is as entertaining as anybody out there. And Deion Sanders has everybody talking college football. Right now, the Colorado Buffaloes are more relevant than just almost every single NFL team. That's how important this is. It's big time. But if you don't think Deion is about Deion, you're out of your mind. Are you an L or a D? This is where, oh, I'm a D. You want me to be a leader? I'm a dog. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. All right. Deion Sanders next year will be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Mark the tape. He will be in the NFL. He will last one year at Colorado, and he will be out. 
Is your reasoning because, well, McCarthy and uh, – I just need him to go to the uh, NFL, and I'm half right. I'm picking – I had Dolphins – because that owner's got a load of cash, and he's got an image problem. Was it Stephen Ross is their owner? And and Dion's a Florida guy, even though I know I think he now resides in somewhere around Dallas. But seeing how just one game, we don't know what De- Dion could go out next week and they could lose, right? We 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 don't know how the season's going to go. But if there is anybody who is chasing publicity. If there's anybody who is always chasing to be the the team, the franchise, it's Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, who obviously Dion and Jerry have a great relationship. He will throw the world. Now that Jerry is seeing how big this is already after one game, Mike McCarthy's not going to win with the Dallas Cowboys. Dion Sanders, mark the tape, will be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys in 2024. Oh. You heard it here first. Uh, Dion does have his quarterback there. Trey Lance, too soon for Dak Prescott? or I said Atlanta. Nah, I guess. Arthur Smith, they got a bunch of talent there. He can go coach third base when Wash retires Dion, the Braves. Dion's done Atlanta. He's been there, done that. Dion, I, I'm not sure you get Dion out of Colorado right now for Atlanta. Cowboy job opens up. Cowboys, Jerry Jones calls him up. Can you imagine the coaching staff he put together? Deion Sanders, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys in 2024. But I want to get back to why is it our sport has such a hard time with the MVP and all the other sports don't? It's a really great question. Um, and, and, speak, and, and to go along your Pirates roots, they were showing. So in 1979, Keith Hernandez and Willie Stargell, Pops, future Hall of Famer, at the end of his rope, 79, they won the World Series. He's Correct. like 39, 38. Yes. He's old. And they tie for the MVP. But if you look at the numbers, it's a joke. It's not even close. Keith Hernandez, you want to go OPS plus, you want to go OPS, you want to go weighted runs created plus, you want to go traditional. Keith Hernandez hit like 344, had over 100 RBIs. I mean, the only thing Willie did was he had 32 home runs. He had like 88 RBIs. Willie didn't have a MVP type year, but what he meant to the Pirates and the We Believe team that eventually beat the Orioles and win the World Series, you get it. But if you did like look at the numbers, they did it today on MLB Network. It's like, oh, my God, this is not even close. But these were all numbers people didn't look at back then. Yeah. I mean, it's like not even like Willie Stargell shouldn't even been on the same page. I mean, it's unbelievable. What, and there's only been two times in the history of baseball that a guy that's finished on the last place team won the MVP? Yeah. On the Hawk, Andre Dawson, and then uh, A-Rod with the Rangers back in 2003. So right now we're looking at it. We're not going to have that problem this year because you have – the top two guys, according to BetMGM, I swear to God, BetMGM is in the MLB notes today. We can't play fantasy football. Baseball. I mean, baseball. But we can, we can in our notes, be talking about what BetMGM has on who's the favorite. Right now, because of over the weekend, Braves taking three out of four. I know we've had a day off, or we've had, we've had a day since because of Labor Day. But now 
Acuna is the favorite, according to BetMGM. You want to tell me again? Next time you put a paper in front of me telling me that I can't, I can't even play fantasy baseball, I'm, I want to have words with somebody. As Fair. long as we keep showing DraftKings, BetMGM commercials, I can't play fantasy baseball, but I can read out of the MLB notes about what BetMGM is saying because they're in bed with BetMGM. They're not saying Caesars. Yeah. They're saying BetMGM, so we're going to have to address that next year. But why is it we struggle with that? Why do I? Why do we struggle? Because let's take the 49ers. If the 49ers have a great player and they have a great season, is that player could even be defense? What the hell is that? Oh, timer. So we got to do something? No. What's it for? It was for me. You baking a cake? <laughs> so if a 49er has a great season, will he be up for the MVP? Yes. If the 49ers are having a bad year, will he be up for an MVP? No. Wait a minute. Guy had a great year. Why is he up for the MVP? His team's not winning. What? That's how it works usually in most sports. It, why didn't Latrell Sprewell ever be up for an MVP in the NBA? Team weren't any, the, the Warriors weren't any good. So why do we have a hard time with that in baseball? It's a, I, it's a fantastic question. There's been so many times, not just the two guys that I mentioned that have won it. There's been so many times where a guy on a last place team has come close. Like, was the year the, the Verlander one, but Bat- Jose Batista was having a great year, but the Blue Jays weren't very good. Jose Batista. It was the year he had 54 home runs after hitting 16 a couple years prior. I don't, I don't know. Fix, so wh- fix why? The swing. So where I, I, I want to maybe Eno can explain it. Like why? Why is it I can be on a bad team in baseball and everybody's like, ah, oh, how do you blame him for being on a bad team? But in all the other sports. Bad team, you got no shot. You can get other awards, but you're not getting the MVP. You can lead the league in scoring, and you're on a last-place team. People go, eh. Yeah. Try to think, who was who – was, who, Mahomes won the NFL MVP last year, I'm pretty sure. Um, pretty sure they won the Super Bowl. Dominique Wilkins can average 30 if the Atlanta Hawks were terrible. He's not, he's not up for the MVP. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm I haven't given an opinion. I'm asking the question. Why do other the other sports do it that way? In baseball, we have a hard like we don't want to associate a player having a great year on a bad team, and 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 I mean obviously it's easier to have. I mean, you know what? I don't even know if I can say that. I don't know if I can say it's easier to have a good year on a bad team. I mean, it's still the day-to-day grind of baseball, whether you're on a good team or a bad team. You got the scouting reports. Everybody knows what your weaknesses are. They're trying to hammer your weaknesses. If you're having a great year or a pitcher, like put it this way, for a pitcher, a pitcher can win the Cy Young and be on a horrible team because uh, he had the best year. Yeah, we might see this year. Now, their team's not horrible, but they're not good. Uh, Blake Snell might win the National League Cy Young, and he's on the, the Does Padres. Does that pain you to say that after, you know, you've, you've just gushed? I mean – the way you've talked about Spencer Strider, it's like you guys went to college together, lived together. You think he's like best I mean, best K to uh, walk K minus walk rate in baseball. Oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna wear that into the ground. <laughs> who who gave us that? The guy from the uh, Cubs. Yeah, Lance uh, Brozdowski. Yeah, he was great. Um, problem with Strider, all the other lists, he's not on. Is is he always like three and a half? 
Tied for the league in league league lead in wins. Who's that lefty with no stuff plus in Chicago? Justin Steele won a 16th no game stuff yesterday. Play. He doesn't, he's, it's stuff, he's not even sniffing stuff plus. And he struck out, what, 12 batters yesterday? It was a career high. Do you know who was on that list with him? Of what? It was Chicago Cub pitchers to have over 10 strikeouts in a game at Wrigley Field. Might have been left-handers. Uh, Johnny Lester? Kenny Holtzman. Oh, Lester wasn't on there? Maybe. I don't oh. know. But I, Kenny Holtzman, who should. In my opinion, there's an opinion. My opinion, we should be putting Kenny Holtzman into the A's Hall of Fame. You can still vote till, till tomorrow, athletics.com slash vote. Oh, is that a, it's, today's the fifth? Yeah, tomorrow's the sixth. We're running out of summer, by the way. I know. We're getting close. Oh, oh perfect. What? Oh, we got the we got the Enos Fieldwork spot ready to go. Enos, Saris, we get to, is that going to run in the show today? I could put it in there for today, yeah. I want to hear it. Can we just hear it? Uh, we'll have to get it, but we should get the Bassett soon before Gallup Okay. Everybody hold tight. I want you to think about that. Should how the team performs be part of who wins the MVP? I know people have asked it for years. We're not going to have that problem this year. We're not going to have that problem in the American League either, right? Uh, no, it's going to be Otani most likely, but he's on oh. a team. his team's not winning. Scratch that. We do have that problem. Why the hell yeah. are we going to have Otani? Yeah, well, he's having a great year, but it seems not. They're fourth place in their division. Where's J-Rod? Well, he should be climbing the leaderboard. Totally. Corey Seager. Totally. Um, That's where you know, you know you can look at, not to not to get into your metrics world, but the simple runs created. Yeah, that's a good one. Because runs created, which you could go weighted runs created, then you could go weighted runs created plus. Let's just go old school and go runs created. Runs created has nothing to do with injury. It's just what you put up. Yeah. Right? Maybe we'll ask, you know, Saris about that. So, you know what? Scratch that. I screwed up. Yeah, we do have that problem in the American League. Should Shohei Otani be the MVP? He wouldn't be the MVP in the NFL. No. He wouldn't be the MVP in the NBA. No. Because I'm trying to think the NBA MVP this year was Joel Embiid. His team made the playoffs. You're not going to be. You can't be a bad guy. Because you know what you are? You're a stat stuffer. Yes. That's basically what you're considered. It's like, oh, he scored 20 touchdowns, but his team stinks. Fact. Like, how many touchdowns did he score when his team was losing? How many touchdowns? Like, that's what the argument comes in other sports. Why don't? Why do we have such a pro- We used to not have a problem with that. We now, over the years, have a problem with that. I don't know. We're going to get to Eno Saris a little bit later. But obviously, um, we're, we're still having this tour of ex-A's players who roll through. When the Mets came here last year, we got Mark Canna. We weren't able to get Chris Bassett. So I wanted to make sure, now that Chris Bassett is over in Toronto, that we were able to get him on. I have a very good relationship with Chris Bassett. I've known him for a long time. I have so much respect for him and his talents. So Zach Geloff, by the way, is... Are we sure we're not getting him now before I throw it no, to Chris That's why I was waiting to see what's going on. I don't know. Mm. Uh, it's looking dicey. You guys can't see it, but it's dicey. Now he's looking over. Yep. What a call. See that? That's per- that's like Bob Cousy peripheral vision, <laughs> right? That's Bob Cousy. I was about to throw it to Bassett, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw Geloff, and I realized. I realized. He was about to go up. I mean, 
Greg Corn, you have no idea. We were, I was about to throw it to Bassett, but I could see out of my corner of my eye something I'm like Bob Cousy of the Celtics bat. I saw you got him here. You're uh, Larry Bird, the great Larry Bird. Zach Eliff, by the way, everybody here on A's Cast Live. Uh, what have you been doing? Uh, just took BP, had a lot of fun, hitting some balls pretty hard and, you know, trying to get reads off the bat, but just getting better, having fun. Safe to say you uh, had a pretty good month? Yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. I think I think hopefully that's not the best month of my career, but, yeah, yeah. I'll take it for the first one, full one for sure. I'm just joking with you because it's like, hey, what have you been doing the last month? Um, <laughs> pretty big deal. You know, now that we really celebrate this, I can tell you in the postgame show, we were waiting for the announcement to come down on MLB Network. Mm. Uh, it comes down. This is something that everybody's watching in the sport. Obviously, what it means to your family, to you, to everybody who knows you, who's following your your journey. What was it like? This isn't a week. This is a month. What was it like to be named AL Rookie of the Month? Um, to me, I mean, it's pretty cool, obviously, um, not to be taken lightly, but I think the biggest thing for me is just when you come in the clubhouse and Cots uh, announced it to everyone, it just seeing the smile on other people's faces and it just like that means more to me and just like my teammates being happy for me, um, and I'm obviously happy for my teammates' success as well. So um, I'm gonna just try to keep keep going, but uh, something that I feel like baseball is a year-round thing, not just one month. But uh, to do it in one month is just shows I feel like what I'm capable of, and hopefully just keep it up. Well, and, and also from the standpoint that. What you're doing, what does it mean to you that other people in baseball are watching it and understanding what you're doing? I think it's huge just to bring attention to this uh, ball club because I think, um, you know, Oakland goes under the radar, but we have some other really talented players on this team, um, both pitching and, um, you know, playing in the field. So I think if I get some of the press for some things, they'll maybe tune in and see some of the talented other uh, individuals on our team. Things change as you get here. They change when you first get here, first couple weeks. What for you has changed now that you've got a little time in the big leagues, whether it's day-to-day, it's inside the clubhouse, leadership role maybe a little more? What has changed for you? I think I'm just really confident and comfortable in um, my process when I show up to the field, um, some of the things I like to get done to be prepared to you know, c- compete at the biggest stage. Um, so I just love my process and I believe in it, and I feel like uh, if I just keep building into next year, it's something that – um, will be you know critical for success. A way to stay here for a long time is is evaluation, self evaluation, knowing what you do great, knowing what you may struggle with. They're going to tell you what you struggle with because you know they're going to have the scouting reports and they're going to. Have... So have you been through that process yet with yourself? Going, I now understand the way Toronto is going to attack me in this three game series. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you look at it. It's just uh looking at the pitcher, what he does well, and kind of what he wants to do, but then at the same time know what I feel like I do really uh, a good job at and just sticking to what makes me me. Um, so it's a combination. It's a balance that I'm still trying to figure out and may never figure it out, but I, I'm trying to get better at it and just um, have a good balance of knowing their scouting report but then also knowing my strengths as well. Yeah, I mean, when I bring up the, the, the things you need, because you, you want to be complete, right? And yep. that's the thing that ever, whenever I've talked to somebody who's played for a long time, you know what you do well, but you got to figure out what they're going to try and do to get you out, which is such the it, – it's, it's the strategy and it's the game that will play throughout your entire career. Yeah, that's why, that's why we love the game. I mean, it's just constant every day, um, just battling. And, I mean, there's nothing better than it. So your whole life you dream about playing Major League Baseball. You dream about being here. At what point do you sit around and you go, man, I didn't know this was going to be that cool. What is that this 
that is just like, this is awesome. Um, I mean, I'm in a hotel in Chicago, and I forget where we were at the day before, and I was literally in the batter's box facing a big league pitcher. I think that's the coolest thing is just you can go from city to city and be playing the next day um, with a ton of fans. So I think that's the coolest thing for me. Yeah, where you're in is like, what hotel are we in? Where am I? Like, yeah, like I've had to check myself a few times. Yeah, Mickey Morabito, and the thing that people may not realize, the A's have one of the biggest travel budgets. I know some people may not realize that, but uh, having traveled with the team for years, it's such first class. You're staying in the best hotels. Yeah, it's sweet living. Yeah, it it really is, and Mickey does a great job with uh, the travel and everything. So it's it's awesome. When you think about your young group and I kind of now with Matt Chapman in town I think of like when Matt Chapman came up and then here came all the other guys I kind of feel that's kind of like you you're coming up establishing yourself and then you got guys that you've played with down there that are going to be on the way too can you speak to that uh yeah I mean getting thrown around with a guy like Matt Chapman is uh obviously awesome um and we're you know different points in our careers but uh I think for sure having a youth movement uh, in this Oregon, it's what makes us, I think, successful after a few years. It's part of the process. But, uh, um, you know, what he did and, and a bunch of the other guys uh, did here, um, including, including the guy we're facing today, Chris Bassett, um, is just really cool to watch and just knowing your history. Lawrence Butler, man, when he hits him, it's no joke. I asked Lawrence Butler to give me a scouting report on you. I want you to give me a scouting report on Lawrence Butler. Man, Law – he shows up to the field every day with a smile on his face first off. So that's awesome. The energy, just the aura around him, it just makes it so easier to just get after it every day. Um, turns him on the field. I mean, he crushes the ball. Like, I feel like I hit the ball hard, but, like, yeah. not nearly as hard <laughs> as he does. So it's kind of it's a hurt to the uh, ego a little bit when he hits <laughs> balls like that, especially twice in, in one game. Um, but, you know, he's super athletic. He plays center, um, steals bags, hit the ball, hits the ball hard, and just uh, he's a tough out, too. He's got a good two-strike approach, so. Um, but the energy just constant every day is just awesome to see. Nobody likes a Debbie Downer every day at work. It's just like you don't like working with those people. That to me is that guy. He shows up every day, and it's like he makes it. It's a game. It's fun. I, I can see where he brings that elevated, hey, let's have a good time feeling. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's something that makes me the best too is when I'm having fun and, um, you know, just having fun on the field. I feel like it brings the best out of me, so – um, for him to be that constant reminder, um, as well as to the other guys, too, um, I think it's pretty cool. Have you noticed at all as we're now – God, I didn't even know it was September 5th. It's towards the end. There's a lot of baseball. Yep. What is that like for you and, you know, for the other young guys where it, you're, you're at the highest level playing more than ever before? Just mentally, what's that like? Uh, mentally, it's it's pretty difficult. I mean, you just have to get ready for uh, – competition every day I mean they're they're coming after you and you have to um, you know go after them as well they're trying to uh, take money out of your pocket basically yeah. I mean it's a job when you think about it but uh for me I think on the physical side um, too is just knowing like how many reps you need to be able to play um, and perform at, at seven o'clock or 640 whatever it is um, so for me whether it's like backing off of reps in the um, in the cage a little bit so I can be uh, feeling more fresh for the game I mean this is the most games I've ever played in the calendar year so I think just talking with my teammates, the veterans that have been around, it's just something that um, I'm going to keep having to learn that. Obviously, routines will change throughout your career and as you get older, but so far since you've been up here, have you been able to establish a routine, sleep, eat, when to get here, how to get ready? Do you have one? Yes. uh, Yeah, on the road and here, I just have a really good routine. I'm staying with a few teammates and 
Um, it's just awesome. Like wake up, you know, like go get sun, drink my uh, athletic greens, like just like the basic <laughs> stuff that you, that you uh, have fun with um, and that I enjoy. And uh, just, you know, try to try to keep going. I like how you guys got roommates because, you know, years from now it will not be. Enjoy <laughs> no. this part because yeah. uh, later on in life it's not going to be like that. But, what's, I mean, it's one thing doing it in college, one thing do it in, in the big leagues. What's it like with a couple big leaguers living in the same house, young, hanging out, more money than you've ever had before? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool, uh, you know, staying, just staying in a house, the commute from, uh, commute from Walnut Creek and just doing that. Um, but it's, I mean, it, there's not really much to do besides show up to the field. I mean, you, you play a night game tomorrow, especially we're going to wake up at probably seven thirty, eight o'clock and come straight to the field. And then we're off to Texas for whatever, a week. So, uh, so it's, it's nice to be home, but then it's, uh, it's a good break to go on the road too. Who are you living with? Uh, right now I'm living with, uh, Nikki, Nikki Allen and, uh, Jonah Broad. Do you yeah. guys drive to the ballpark together? Oh yeah. Every morning. <laughs> So, yeah, we try to switch up the playlist. I'm the, I'm the driver, yeah. so I try to switch up the playlist. I don't know how I've been doing. They probably won't answer that. I'd have to not be around, but try to switch it up, you know, just switch up the vibes every day. That's so. cool. Well, I've been saying, you know, you're one of the pillars that we're going to build on, and it's very important, you know, to, that we get to know you because what you do, what Lawrence Butler does, Nick Allen, Shay Langoliers, Jordan Diaz down the line, you were the guys that no pressure to take us out of the darkness into the light. But you know what? That's what you've prepared for. That's what you've wanted. So continue the good start. Finish strong. Thanks for coming on. And just know that everybody out here that's listening, everybody out here is watching, they couldn't be pulling for you any harder. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate what you guys do for covering the team and, um, you know, taking the time to, you know, interview, interview the players too. So thank you. By the way, we got the restaurant. We're going to have to have you out. Have you been to the chicken pie? It's Nick grew up going to the chicken pie shop with San Diego, but the, we put one in Walnut Creek. We're gonna have to have oh, really? chicken pie shop in Walnut Creek. We're gonna have to have you out. I'm there. I'm there. All right. Hey, appreciate awesome. it. Thank you. Appreciate it. We got more. We got Chris Bassett coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, LinkSoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. I got to tell you, it's a little warm today, Commander. We got a little breeze, thank God, but it's a little warm here on A's Cast Live from the field. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to be so warm because the last couple days in San Jose have been very overcast and not Yesterday, as hot. we're out here yesterday, as you're going to see, Chris Bassett. I mean, it was... It was actually perfect yesterday. This is perfect, though. I mean, we still have summer. When is summer? The official end date of summer is the 21st or the 20th, something Some, like that? Something like that, yeah. You know you can't wear white anymore, right? I don't wear white as it is. So can't wear white after Labor Day. Uh, Chris Bassett looks to become the first 14-game winner 
in the American League. Chris Bassett, 6-2 with a 3.14 ERA over his last starts. Toronto's 8-4 during that time. And against the Athletics, 1-0 with a 3.32 ERA and three career starts against his former ball club. Chris Bassett was a great A. How, how long is this? I think it's like uh, around like eight minutes or so. Okay. Chris Bassett was a great A. And when this team, just to give you an idea of what he meant to a lot of people around here, I took what you're going to see. I took part of this interview. Well, Cody did it. Sent it to me. And I sent it to Bob Melvin today because he's going to talk about Bob Melvin. They had an interesting relationship because Bob Melvin had to be hard on him. And it changed his career. It changed his life. We talk about teaching. You know, coaching is teaching. And the great teachers, great leaders, great managers, great head coaches, whatever, they help change your life. They make an impression on your life. And clearly, Bob Melvin, as you're going to listen and see here, did just that with Chris Bassett. But when you think of the ringleader of that rotation and of that pitching staff, That was pretty darn good. That was in the playoffs. Chris Bassett was a huge part. Do you remember when Chris Bassett came up, was throwing the ball real well? I would have said this would have probably been 18. And he went to Bob Melvin and said, I'll go to the bullpen. When he was a guy that could have said the way he was throwing the ball, no, I I should be starting, said, I'll go to the bullpen. That's who he was. And... He went through a lot, and he's been rewarded because he changed, because he learned, because he developed, and because he battled through Tommy John, which didn't go great for him. He had setbacks. Because of all the adversity, he climbed the mountain. Chris Bassett is a great example for everybody in life. You are going to have adversity. You are going to have hurdles in your life that you're going to have to overcome. How you deal with that adversity is going to make who you are and going to make how your life goes. There's some people that are going to fight for, for, they're always going to fight, and it's going to be a rough life. Your life is going to be one of just turmoil, constant turmoil, constant fighting, constant stress. Some people are just like that. Some people, though, will go through that, learn from that, become a better person, and it's much easier easier sailing as it is for Bassett now, who truly is at a different point in his career. He has more money than he's ever had before. He now has generational wealth. He can take care of his young family. It, it's, it's been a nice ride for him. The fighting and the fighting coaches and the fighting stuff, and it's over. He's become that veteran guy, and you saw him develop as a leader here in Oakland. He became the guy that he is today was made here at the Coliseum. Here is my conversation yesterday with a guy we'll always say was a terrific A, Chris Bassett. He's here on A's Cast Live. He's truly one of our all-time favorites. It's great to see him again. Chris Bassett is with us. And just uh, how are you? It's been a while. I'm doing good. I think it's great. How are you? Well, uh, things are going good. Uh, family, everybody uh, doing well? Everyone's great. You know, I think about an interesting year for you. 
and what's happening with the Toronto Blue Jays. You guys right now are battling for it. You're, you're in the hunt, and that's what you want at this time of the year. Yeah, that's uh, why I signed with Toronto. Obviously, um, I thought I thought for the duration of my contract, I thought we'd be in this spot. Um, probably playing in the hardest division in baseball. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, every game really, really matters for us. So, uh, it's not only a day off. Yeah, you got a lot of great talent to sit back and watch. Just talk yeah. about when you show up every single day and you look you look out and you go, "Wow, we got some we got some players." Yeah, um, we definitely have the roster to uh, try to win World Series. Um, it's just a matter of obviously, I mean, you know, just getting hot at the right time. Yeah, and I think about you know what you did here, and you know how all about playoffs and getting to the playoffs. And that is such the tough thing, right? But the good thing is that you have the expanded playoffs. So here you in this last month, you have an opportunity to try and make it. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, everyone's goal throughout the whole entire year is to win a World Series. Um, so having the opportunity to do that um, is special, obviously. Um, like I said, I mean, this this roster has the ability to, ability to do it. When I was in Oakland, we had the roster to try to do it. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's been a blessing. You know, I think about we all move on, but when you come back here, what is it like for you? Because I think about your career to where, you know, you come over from the White Sox. So many great things happen for you, for you, your family, so many huge moments, what you grew into as a player, as a man. So what are your thoughts like when you come back to the Coliseum? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Oakland will always have a very, very special place in me and my family's hearts. Um, that'll never go away, I think. Just coming over here, coming over here, and the amount of like, just great people that were here. Obviously, some of them are still here. Some of them have moved on, but uh, um, yeah, I'm still very, very good friends with so many of the people. Just like I said, just because how many great people that we had. Um, so, um, yeah, obviously everything that's done for me in my career and my life and everything else like that. Um, I'll be forever grateful, but. Like I said, this place, this place is very special to me. Scott Emerson on the way over here wanted to say he named your curveball Mr. Blurpy. Is that correct? I think Bloopy. But Bloopy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no no one, no one's caught on to that over here. So we're going to keep that like that way. We're going to keep that with us. Yeah, you know, it, it's amazing how guys can grow in their career because your career was so interesting from a standpoint – you got over here and it wasn't like it just you immediately became the guy. But then by the time you were leaving, you were the guy. You were like the glue of the pitching staff. I mean, you guys were all very, very close. Obviously, it was a team that was going to the playoffs multiple years in a row. Just talk about your relationships with the guys that were here and what they're still like today. Yeah, uh, obviously, my relationships um, with Simi and Olsen and all those guys and the pitching staff with Manaya and Montas. I mean, I talked to literally every one of them still. Um, obviously, the coaching staff, Bomel, um, Emo, all, Rhino, all those guys, I, I still am very, very fond of, still talk with. Um, but the the reality is, like, I feel like, yeah, like, I, I give so much credit, honestly, to, to Bob Melvin, just because I feel like I took, I, I did, I did a lot of things that not many people know about, and they were not terrible things, but they were just growing how to be be a pro. Um, and Bowman wasn't always a day at the beach. No, 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 no. And there was a lot of hard conversations yeah. of how do you handle situations and how you don't handle situations and um, how you handle failure, how you handle success. Um, 
And honestly, uh, I just had so much respect and admiration for Bowmel that um, it, it was not always sun, sunshine and rainbows, but uh, he groomed me into kind of who I am today. So um, I, I give a ton of respect and a ton of love for him. And I think back of that, it, it, it's made you who you are today, basically a top-of-the-line pitcher. I mean, because we talk so much about it's all about ability. A lot of it is about mentally, how mentally tough you became. And I remember that was a really tough time in Japan when they had that fourth year to be able to send you down because you had Tommy John surgery. Obviously, it was a huge disappointment. But it was like all those little moments and those tough hurdles that you had to get over it made you who you are today. Yeah, there ain't not, no doubt about it. Um, I, back in the day, I would have changed a lot of stuff, but today, sitting here, I would never change anything. Um, it, it's it's allowed me to kind of see other people go through stuff and be able to be be there for them. Um, it made me tougher uh, in the moment. Um, made me work harder and focus harder on things and clean some stuff up. Uh, so yeah, like I, I wouldn't change anything um, now. But uh, yeah, I just I said Bowmel Bowmel's a one of a kind guy. I'll say that. Well, I think about your journey, and I mention you all the time, still on the air with Tommy John, because it's alarming to me how many people are getting cut on, how many young people are getting cut on, and everybody tries to make it seem like it's just an easy surgery, and I go, no, it is not. And now we're looking at guys with two Tommy Johns, three Tommy Johns. You've been a mentor to a lot of people. I remember Kendall Graveman we talked about how he relied on you. Just talk about how you've helped people because we're trying to make it like this is an easy thing. It is not an easy thing. No, it's, it's not. Um, I, I think there's so many, so many different hurdles that people don't realize. Even, even guys, uh, we, had, we have Chad Green in our bullpen come back this year from Tommy John. And, um, I, I've, I've had some conversations with him of just like, hey, this is kind of, these are the steps. Now you're back in the big leagues, but... Uh, Honestly, I, I, I didn't even feel right when I got back to the big leagues until that next year. Um, so there's so many steps to, like, so-called get back to the big leagues. But even then, you still don't feel right. You still don't feel yourself. Um, mentally, how hard it is to even get back to throwing. Um, physically, how hard it is. How much work is behind the scenes with trainers. Um, yeah, obviously, I think we've definitely medically gotten a lot better at Tommy John but at the, at the same time anytime you have a surgery you have a you have a very hard battle to get back well I can't thank you enough for everything that you did for us here on AceCast and we've continued to grow and then all the years on my talk show on the radio station so we're always going to be rooting for you we're always going to remember that time uh, you think of 18 19 20 you, you still got Chapman here we love seeing him. You mentioned some of the guys. Yeah. And we'll just end on this. It was a special bond. I know there's still a text thread out there that a lot of you guys are still on. And even though you didn't win a World Series here, there's always going to be that real special bond that you have with the guys that you played here in Oakland with. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, obviously we came up short and not winning a World Series, but I feel like we kind of we kind of were all coming into what we could be in our career, and we were all – very, very young, and we were just hoping that obviously to stay together, it just didn't happen. But, um, yeah, I have nothing but love for Oakland except for these next couple games. But yeah. uh, overall, I'll always be an Oakland fan. Well, good luck to you. You know we're pulling for you. We're always going to be uh, thinking about you as an Oakland athletic. We'll always remember you that. But uh, continued success. 
And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. The great Chris Bassett right here on A's Cast Live. Yeah, man. Bassey was a good A. There's no question about it. And remember, as we always like to say, guys can make their way back to the athletics. No question about it. And Toronto, by the way, Toronto, they're fighting for their playoff lives. And every year that goes by, you you know, you start saying, well, you got this core. You thought you had this core, right? You brought Springer in. You had Bad Vlad Jr., Biggio, Bichette. You got these guys, and you've got to, at some point, you've got to make hay. But here, I mean, and they're in their prime. So if you're not doing it now, and they were supposed to battle for the division, well, they're 10 and a half games back. See, wild card, they're right there in the wild card. They're a half game back in the wild card. But at some point, you know, Rogers Group, that's a big cable group that owns the team. They're spending money. There's no question about it. I mean, you've got to uh, you got to win. I mean, it, 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 the time is now for the Toronto Blue Jays, but and this is going to be another year. You're just trying to get into the wild card because clearly, you know, all the focus always on New York and always on Boston. That's not the focus anymore. Boston is still kind of hanging in there. They've won three in a row, but they're four and a half games back, and you're running out of time. I mean, you're going to have to deal with Tampa. That's just a that's a given until they fall off the horse. They're a given you got to deal with, and now you're going to have to deal with the Orioles. So, I mean, look how fast the Orioles have overtaken that division. What the Orioles are right now, that's what the Toronto – the Toronto Blue Jays are supposed to be doing this. Yeah, and I saw a stat too that the Blue Jays, they or the uh, Orioles, have won 100 games four times, and every time they've done it, they made the World Series, but only won once, and they're on pace to win over 100 games this year. Um, so that's interesting. But yeah, the, the Blue Jays should be what the Orioles are with all the young talent that they have, and they have the pitching staff with Bassett and Gossman and Barrios and you say Kikuchi. It's not like they don't have a bunch of, you know, they have a bunch of nobodies in the rotation. They have a pretty star-studded rotation. Yeah, they lost Robbie Ray a few years ago, but they added guys to fill it out. Romano is the closer. Yeah, they, they have got, I mean, they have they, uh, Jordan Hicks, who they got from the Cardinals at the, uh, yeah. around the deadline. They're supposed to be the ones who are leading the division. They're supposed to be because their young guys are not young anymore. Their young guys are, you know, these are the prime years. This is when you need to truly make hay. And that's what's fun about for the athletics right now. When you just heard from Zach Geloff, it's like, hey, man, we can play spoilers. You're learning to play against playoff teams, beating playoff teams. You're able to play spoiler. It was nice to sweep Anaheim. That's great. I need to get, I need to, get to 50 wins for myself personally <laughs> to get off the hook from Bill, Bitter Bill Modesto and a steakhouse of his choice in Modesto. Could be a bad year for you in dinner. I'm not – whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying Seattle's in it already? I was saying I said it could be. Are you saying Seattle's in it? Because if I'm Seattle's already, not in it, you're taking me to get dinner yeah, again. Again, yeah. We'll see. It's still time. There's less than a month left. What are we – You're 50? in play. Yeah. You're in play. I can't say in play runs because we're not there yet. If we're, like, on the day before, it would be like the, when you watch it on MOV app. It's when you see it says in play runs when you know a run's going to score. That's when I can start celebrating. 
I'll wait till like a day before when the Mariners. We're are- down the stretch though, like in a horse race. Down the stretch they come. The best part of the horse race, everybody gets all fired up. Everybody, and they come running. Have you ever been to a horse race? No. You've never been to a horse race? No. I've been wanting to go to Golden Gate Fields, but now it's closing. Oh, I used to do football shows at Golden Gate Fields. Dollar beers, dollar dogs on Sunday. My wife told me about all that. The great Sam Spear, the legend of the track, KMBR fame, used to set us up. I did it with, uh, God, Dana Stubblefield. A couple other guys. And we do an NFL show. They'd have the games up there where, and just have piles of cups of dollar beers. Touch. Dollar beers. and do- I got to tell you, when I got home after a day of football at Golden Gate Fields, I didn't feel so hot. <laughs> well, dollar beers, I can only imagine what kind of beer you're drinking. I think it was like Coors Lights or something mm-hmm. like that. But the like, dollar dogs, like I mean, you can only take so many dogs down. It's not like you're drinking triple IPAs. I mean, and for God's sakes, I was like Joey Chestnut <laughs> hanging out there, watching games and firing it down, talking on the radio. What station were we on? I, I, I don't even think I was I think here. Some of that was 95.7. Some of that might have been 860. Might, we've been on so many damn radio stations, I can't even keep track. Try to think of... When I write the book, wait till you write the book about the craziness of the A's, A's baseball, A's radio, and all the different stations. Yeah, and getting back to the Blue Jays, like they can get in, and you know the team that's that's not looking great right now is Texas. Oh, I want to get into this. That just reminded me of something. Uh, be very afraid of when MLB Notes starts crowning you. I have learned in my time – since I've been getting these notes, that when they start crowning you, it's the kiss of death. Last year, the Yankees by July were the greatest team of all time. Correct, they were. By the end of the year, the Dodgers were so historic with 111 wins, no chance anybody was beating them. When they start crowning you in the notes, it literally is the kiss of death. It's like, Godfather, they put the horse in your bed, you're done. You're done. It's not good. You're going to sleep with the fish as Lou Cabrazzi. You probably don't even know that reference because you've probably never seen The Godfather. Believe it or not, I have not seen The Godfather. <laughs> no, most mob movies I've seen, I've never got around to watching The Godfather. He's never seen The Godfather. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, here you go. Kiss of death. I'm telling you right now, book it, bet against Atlanta. I've seen. If they, if they I, crowned I've, them, I, I've seen yeah. this script. This, they're, they're, it's, this is bigger than a small sample size. This is not. This when they start telling you you're unbeatable. Atlanta's won 20 of its last 26. Atlanta has now has a six game. They're now six games ahead of the Dodgers for the best record in the NL. The Braves are slashing two two ninety three. 359, 509, while averaging 7.3 runs per game during that stretch. Braves are on pace to score 940 runs this season, most by any team in the senior circuit since the 2000 Rockies, 968. Ronald Acuna Jr., he's homered three times in the L.A. Series. He's batting 400, four dingers, 11 RBIs, four stolen bases in the last seven games. Bet MGM, that is a gambling organization, MGM, last time I checked. Correct. Now connected to Major League Baseball. Says that uh, he's minus 185 odds 
ahead, he's leapt ahead of Mookie Betts, who's plus 130 in the MVP race over the weekend. Acuna now leads the NL in total bases. And my favorite stat, runs created. You know why I like runs created? Didn't you say why? No. I you did talking, I? Yeah, you're talking about runs created before we went to Zach Gallo. Yeah, but do you know why I like runs created? No. It's not a percentage. We're just counting what you do yeah. to put runs on the scoreboard. We have a scoreboard up there. What do you do to put runs on the scoreboard? That's what it is. Oh, I, oh, I said runs created where the um, injuries don't kill you. Your percent, like all this other stuff is percentages. This isn't a percentage. It's a number. Yeah. What you do, number. What do you do to put runs on the board? You can go, you can make it fancier now. Weighted runs created plus where we start talking about the ballpark and the era and all that kind of stuff. But runs create, because, you know, it's true. Runs are different in different eras. I get it. I almost want to play the Gundy. That ain't true. <laughs> it is true. A run's a run. But how, you know, if there's more home runs in an era, they're going to score more runs. There's different eras of baseball, live ball, dead ball. I mean, there's different eras of baseball. Yeah. So, But runs created, pretty simple. How do you help put runs on the board? So I'm betting right now I'm officially telling you the Braves will not win the World Series. The curse of the MLB notes has been set. Well, well, what, like, curse was in Harry Potter? By the way, I was, I was forced to watch – the Deathly Hallows 1 and 2 were on sci-fi. My kids had me watching Harry Potter again. Harry those, Potter. Those movies are actually pretty good. Harry Potter. Never read the that books. That woman but. is amazing that she thought of all that stuff. Oh, I know. Is like, it, what the hell was she tweaking on to write all that stuff? Is that J.K. Rowling? I think it's the author of Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling, thank I you. I mean, what is she doing in her life if she was thinking of all of that? I mean, can you imagine? Well, what Stan Lee with all the co- Marvel comics? I mean, look how many different comics he but, came up but, with. But you have to think about all the intricacies of Harry Potter and stuff going on in Harry Potter, that that woman thought about all that? It's impressive. Harry Potter. I mean, I like all of them. My wife's a big fan. She read, she read all the books. I never Are you afraid it. of the Dark Lord? Uh, Don't say his name. The Dark Lord. He shall appear. By the way, you know the Dark Lord, that actor, is the new... Ralph Fiennes? He's in. He's the the new um, M. M, yep. M. James so Bond. I'm sitting there watching, I can't remember which Bond it was, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, hey. And I could just tell by his mouth and his voice. I'm like, that's Voldemort. He's also the red He's also the red dragon in um, the third Hannibal movie. For, for what it's called now. Not Puff the Magic Dragon? No, no, no. He's the villain, the one where it's uh, pretty uh, – there's a scene in there that's pretty uh, intense with Philip Seymour Hoffman. But, yeah, I believe he's the red dragon. There. He's, he's had a nice little career. Uh, Eno's, in, Eno's in a little deep con- analytics conversation. So what's up? Your boy starts cutting commercials, and now he doesn't show up? Uh, well. <laughs> He's a spokesman now? <laughs> we have to play him the spot. I mean, he heard it back without the music, but he hasn't heard it with the All music right. yet. Coming up next, is baseball right or is baseball wrong? It's that simple. Is baseball right or is baseball wrong? We're basically putting baseball against all the other sports. They're either right or they're wrong. Next, right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. The new summer colors and prints are in stock. The new polos, lightweight, all the colors you want. Fabulous. We got our new order. My wife is so happy that I'm dressing so much better. All thanks to Link Soul. You name it, whether it's polos, whether it's shorts, anything for your summer needs, you need to revamp your wardrobe. You go to LinkSoul.com and they got great summer deals. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, this is the part of the show, kind of like you watched for years when the Raiders played here. Like the game starts out and the infield and the football game starts, but all of a sudden the shadows come over, (laughs) right? Or you see like day baseball and the shadows start to happen. Now we're in the shadows. We are now, we've gone from sweating in the sun to the shadows. Before we get to your intro, I just talked to J.J. Blade, and he's going to play again. It just starts to make you feel good knowing that we're going to, you know, Matt Chapman's here in town. You remember what happened. You had Matt Chapman and then a bunch of young guys, and what they did was they looked at, no offense to those old guys back then, but they're like, you're you, there's new sheriffs in town, and you take over that clubhouse, and you make that clubhouse yours. So when you start seeing guys like Geloff, Butler, you got Allen, you got Ruiz, you got Diaz, you got who am I missing, Langoliers, Noda, you got all these guys. Noda's already kind of been that guy. Like They are slowly but surely taking over that clubhouse. And it's the, you know, hey, it's great. We like you guys. That's great. Mm. But you're not part of the future. Right, that's the job. When you're when you're not the greatest team in the world, you have the, the thing that your resource is, is playing time is a chance. You have a chance to give a bunch of different people. And you give that chance to a bunch of people, to, and you find guys. And they're in the process of finding guys. I At times I wonder how many guys they'd find and when they'd start finding them. Uh, but they're doing it. And what I like about it, and I know it's harsh to talk about, but, yeah, some of these guys you're seeing here right now, you're going to see we got this game, we got tomorrow, ten more home games, and that's it. And these, there's going to be a bunch of guys that are not here. And it's going to be these young guys. It's their team, their clubhouse. It's starting now. You'll see it in spring training, and it has to happen. And no offense, but, boy, do we need a change. Uh, I'm not doing as open. I don't want as open. I want his commercial. <laughs> Eno Saris is now officially a public spokesperson. I want to hear you have it. Go. 
Hey, it's Eno Saris, your friendly neighborhood baseball scribe. There are two things I love, baseball and beer. When I'm not busy around the ballpark, you'll likely catch me back with a cold one at any of Fieldwork Brewing's eight locations sprinkled across the Bay Area. Fieldwork's got a rotating lineup of over 20 beers on tap that's as diverse as any 26-man roster. They got everything from super juicy, hazy IPAs to crisp pilsners and tropical sours that make your taste buds do the wave. Whether you're all about that draft life or prefer to grab some cans to go, Fieldwork's got your bases covered. Check them out at fieldworkbrewing.com to learn more. That's fieldworkbrewing.com. If you're looking for a new mattress, Nesbitt. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a big Nest Bedding guy. <laughs> Remember, after you've been drinking, Commander you need a mattress. Right there. <laughs> so you go to field work, but then you're going to need to crash. So you drink your beer, and then you go to Nest Bedding for your mattress, nestbedding.com. My kids are going to be 0% surprised that my first uh, uh, advertisement on the radio is for beer. <laughs> Woo! You're airing live tonight on the radio broadcast. <laughs> it's fun. on AceCast and Terrestrial Radio. Yeah, that's fun. Except my younger one calls me sandwich guy, so maybe he'll start calling me beer guy. <laughs> well, he said a beer and a sandwich. Well, you've had multiple beers. Yeah, yeah. Named after you in a sandwich. Time for another sandwich. What was that sandwich again? Uh, it was like a a, a, a a pork croquette. It was like a, a, a like a a pork. It, it was great. It was like a fried. It was like a, a crunchy pork thing with like a red sauce on top of it. it it's fried pork. How yeah, can exactly. you screw it up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can't screw it up. All yeah. right. We in baseball, I, I've said this to everybody just so I'm not crazy. I go, like, who's your favorite football team? Oh, it's 49ers. All right. 49ers have a really good team, right, like like, like they have been. And you're a great player on that team. You're going to be up for MVP. If the Niners stink and you're a good player, you're not up for the MVP. Warriors, we can see. Steph Curry's great. Team's great up for the MVP. Latrell Sprewell has a good year, and the Warriors are terrible. You got no shot. Mm. Stat stuffer, they call it. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take basketball out of that because basketball you got five guys who start and use up most of the minutes. If you are uh, really truly a great player, you're gonna win a lot of games. I mean, you have five, you're 20 percent of the outcome, you know more. Because you can, I can give you the ball repeatedly. That's another thing that's different than baseball and than, than in basketball. First of all, there's but, five guys on the field that do everything. Even and if, you, if you're really good, I can. But be we've like, had great players. Here's the ball. Here's the ball. We've had great players on bad teams. Yes, but and they put up big numbers on bad teams. My point is, they will never in. get recognition for MVP. So why is baseball still struggle with this? Well, I think it is these things that I'm saying. First of all, like I can't keep keep giving you the ball. So Mike Trout. For, like it sounds stupid, but Mike Trout can't pitch, you know, and uh, and you know uh, you can't make it so that in the ninth inning with two outs, Mike Trout is up. He's either up or he's not. You know, that's the lineup. That's how baseball is. And then the last thing is you got the 26-man rosters. You know, you don't have that same impact that one out of five does or one out of ten does. You know, you're one out of 26 with highly specialized roles. You got your closer. You got your well, starting Well, football's pitchers. worse than that. Football, you only play one half of the game. You're either an offensive guy or defensive guy. You have That's less true. of an impact. Baseball, you but get to some play. There's some unfair things in football. Like, how many times has an offensive lineman won MVP? They don't. Well, shouldn't one of them ever? No. <laughs> you can replace those guys. They get hurt. You can replace all those guys. You're football, here. football. You're either on offense. You're on. But what? Why is it that baseball? Is it just because we're in fast? We're just, we're so fascinated by individual numbers. There is that. But I, I still think it has something to do with the size of the rosters. It's, 
I mean, I guess the NFL has similar size rosters, but that's way know. bigger rosters. Yeah, but I guess it's a good it's a good comp, but I don't. I know, mean, Otani. What's he val? What 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 is Otani? There's still the ball function. So like, Wait, let's see. What's the Otani's value? If you if you there's still the ball function in football, which is that like if you are a premium receiver and I'm throwing you, and this is how out of touch I am with with football. But like if you're Anquan Bolden or whatever, <laughs> Florida State great Anquan Bolden. I can just keep feeding you the ball, right? And do you, you do you look at Anquan <laughs> Bolden as a Cardinal or a Niner? Yeah, yeah. What are you, Cody? Baltimore Raven. Raven yeah, great. Raven, yeah. <laughs> But, if, but whatever it is. He like, played for Bobby Bowden, right? Or, or That's how old he is. If you're Frank Gore, I can okay. keep giving you the ball. You know? Miami Hurricane great, <laughs> yeah. Frank Gore. Okay. But Buffalo I can't, Bill. I can't do that in <laughs> baseball, and so we, it becomes more of an individualized thing. You know, like I have to – because I can't just keep feeding Otani the ball. And we are trying. Like with, you know, with Otani, he is an edge case because he can actually pitch, you know. And uh, you can get him the ball a little bit more often than you can get other people. But you can't change the lineup. You can't get the guy other than putting him first or second in the lineup, you can't get the guy, uh, you know. So are we just, who's got the best stats? We're going to say you're the best. Well, I have a problem with the fact that, you know, the idea that most valuable player, that there's some other way to define value, I, I don't understand it. To me, the most valuable player is the best player. That's what, that's what value is. Value means how good are you, and the most valuable player is the most goodest player. Are things different when you play on a team like the team we got or the team the Angels? Like the Angels. It could be fair, I think. Like, like what stress do we have going on yeah. with a team that stinks and you're just putting up stats? It could be fair to uh, start using some numbers where you sort of strength of opponent numbers. You could kind of bake that in. You're right because uh, Otani could in the next month pad his stats against some of the lower end uh, teams that they they get to and they won't he won't be pitched as hard and yeah there's there's something to that but for me the difference between Otani and maybe Corey Seager is you know maybe he's one of the the second you know guys in the AL this year uh you're talking about three four wins like if it was closer if it was Otani versus Judge you know, in the year that Otani uh, won it and Judge, you know, like when yeah. Otani and Judge are both great and the Yankees are going to the playoffs, uh, if it's like a half win or something, I'm willing to give you what you're saying. I, I don't think wins above replacement should be something that goes down to a decimal point that you're like you're very sure of. Are you very sure of that number behind the decimal point? I'm more like, hey, let's group these guys, and right now it's Otani up here, and then there's like a big gap in the next guy. But if it was close, I could say – all right, this guy's going to the playoffs. So Tony's not. Let's give it to this other guy. I'm kind of old school. I still like runs created. Uh-huh. You want to go W and put a plus on the back of it, whatever. Uh-huh. Runs created basically just says what you put on the scoreboard, uh-huh. right? And it's a calculating thing. It's not a percentage thing. It only adds, yeah. Right? We're just adding numbers, right? Yeah. Um, Problem with Seager, it's, it's time he hasn't played. Like if there yeah, was, it's if like there 430 was, plate appearances. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the biggest problem. So who you've got as, as the second best then? I would second best. In you got AL. Seager. Yeah. So is there anybody else? I think Otani wins it. Yeah. There's no real. There's no real yeah. competition this year. I think what you're talking about is valid to think about. You could start, you know, bringing some numbers in to talk about that strength of strength of schedule, strength of uh, opponent. There is some of that stuff out there. In, if it was a closer situation, if it was, for example, like you have in the NL, 
where I think there's a legitimate three contenders that are, uh, I think you can actually just group those three and not look at the war so much. You know, if you're talking about Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and, show, uh, and, and Ronald Acuna Jr., I, I think you don't necessarily need to be like, which one has the better decimal point on the, on the war? You can start thinking about other things. But, you know, and the Braves believe, and Dodgers both pretty good. What a year Matt Olson is, and he's now kind of – they've kind of left him. Yeah, he's, he's I mean, he him. would be fourth, but he's not. He's just not quite in there. It's a little bit harder for first baseman sometimes. but All right, bet MGM. I can't play fantasy best baseball, but we can do business with bet MGM. <laughs> Figure that one out. Um, Don't bet, bring up the name Pete Rose. Yeah, bet, <laughs> yeah. DraftKings is great, but you guys can't play. Okay, so right now bet MGM over the weekend because of what Acuna did against the Dodgers. He's now the favorite. You looking at it, who do you? Mookie Betts has about the same on-base percentage and a higher slugging percentage and actually has better defensive numbers and is surprisingly not, like, way worse on the base pass. Because as much as Acuna does on the base pass, he also sometimes gives back on the base pass, you know, gets picked off or, you know, tries to stretch something and gets thrown off. So, you know, I don't think that Acuna's base running is enough to overcome. Like, for example, just in very basic numbers, uh, Mookie Betts has 38 homers. You know, it's it's a he's like a fair he's like six, seven, eight, like ahead of Acuna. So those are that's a lot of RBI. That's a lot of runs driven. That's like that's. That's in the bank, you know, whereas, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, on base percentage, they're about the same. So I would I, – I think it could be Mookie, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say. And I would say in that – I've watched a lot of that, uh, that series. They were definitely – Mookie and Acuna were both trying to win it for their teams and were aware of the MVP race. And yeah. were like – they were going toe-to-toe. And Mookie did come up short. So, I mean, Now, that's, for that's value per – I think it's kind of weak that now people who are in the Mookie Betts corner are now trying to go the stolen base is overrated and he's just it's easier to steal easier to get stolen bases now. I think that's kind of weak, but when we talk about value, how much does it play that Mookie actually has gone in and helped the team out being an infielder this year? Yeah, I mean he played short Played second, you know, it's pretty awesome. Did Otani play short? <laughs> Did he? No. But, um, I mean, I, I also think that, like, once you hit a homer, you score on average, like, two or three runs, right? You know, like, you, you that's – and if you steal a base – like how many times, how many runs do you score on average stealing one base? You know what I mean? You kind of almost have to be like, okay, for every three or four stolen bases, I get a homer. You know, so that's why the math sort of works out that way. There are uh, people rightly bringing up that there are secondary effects for speed. Some of these mostly benefit Acuna Jr. Though, for example, the the infielders will play you differently if you're fast. So Albert Pujols, the infielders will play. You know, when in his last year, they will play on the grass, like on the very, very end of. They can't play the grass. Playing left field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, because they and feel they like get they get it. Any and they wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. I just throw it over there. And somebody told me that Billy Hamilton, uh, the one of the fastest guys in baseball, uh, has like a double A bat, and the only reason he's ever played in the big leagues is because the defenders had to play so close in because he's so fast that he was able to sneak some cheese past them. So there is. But that's a benefit for Acuna. That's not a benefit for his teammates, you know. People talk about Acuna getting on base means more fastballs for his teammates. If that's the case, we're not seeing it. Uh, Murphy, Olsen, 
uh, Albies, uh, they're all seeing fewer fastballs than they've ever seen in their careers. And uh, the, the, the Braves have, like, uh, they're probably 20th in fastball scene. Uh, the, the way a pitcher pitches the person at the plate is mostly about that player at the plate. What do they like? You know, how many times have you said or heard someone say, focus on the player at the plate? Yeah. You know, that's the game right now. The game right now is very hyper-focused on pitcher versus hitter. And, you know, whatever happens behind me happens behind me. You know, like we can do our best to be competitive on that, but I want to strike this guy out at the plate. So we got 24, 23 games. Everybody's got between about 25 and 23 games. Right now, you got Otani and you got Mookie. Yeah. Okay. And you got to vote, right? Not in those things. What do you have a vote in? I'm not allowed to talk about the ones I have a vote in. What do you have a vote in? Uh, I think American League Cy Young. Ooh. So we, yeah, we can't I, influence it, it, it's, you. Yeah, and it's it, it's very important that. Do you have I, National it's League very Cy Young? That I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Just American. Uh, it's very important that I don't talk about it because of what you were talking about earlier. Because betting people about? are listening. Yeah, I was going to bet. They're going to set the lines and yeah, stuff. I was and people, be like, hey, I don't know. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, can we talk National League since you don't have National League? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? So, for some reason, Spencer Strider, there's somebody that's on this show a lot who just <laughs> thinks Spencer Strider because he strikes everybody out. He's the greatest player the of all time. stuff in baseball. And I'm like, well, I don't know. There's this guy in, in Chicago keeps getting everybody out. And what's that guy who's kind of soft in San Diego, but the, guy, the soft guy in San Diego's actually had a really good year. Yeah, well, Blake Snell has great stuff, too. I mean, I, I, I'm not against Blake Snell. I, I think I would probably have it Strider, Snell, uh, Steele. But one You'd of the have things, Strider one? Dude has, like, maybe. A three-and-a-half ERA. I think he has, like, 35 more strikeouts than Who cares? Than Steele. Do, do you want to give up less runs or strike because up more guys? You're, you're talking about how good is this pitcher. On the strikeout, you know the pitcher is that good. On the ball in play, eh, that was how much percent pitcher? How much percent third baseman? How much percent first baseman? So now baseman? Strider's defense sucks and they've won all these games? No. I'm just saying that that once the ball is in play, you don't have as much control Strikeouts over it. are more important than how many runs you give up is what you're saying. Just say if it. I'm Just say it. You want to say <laughs> if it. If I am evaluating the pitcher. I want the truth. If I'm evaluating I the pitcher, the yes. If I'm evaluating the pitcher, yes. If I'm evaluate, if I'm trying to win games, then no. I mean, you know, the runs matter. Shohei Otani's agent talk today. I Agents are supposed to do what they do, right? I want to say the same thing. I was thinking about this as I was listening to it and hearing and people reading the quotes about it. You need to understand, baseball falls into this trap all the time. Let's just go from the business aspect. We talked a lot about how valuable he was from the international money to the domestic money. I get all that. But if now we're just going to talk the baseball standpoint, he is in his prime and his elbow is given out twice. You now, if you're going to sign him long term, are going to be signing a guy who's heading to his 30s. We know you don't get better in your 30s. So you got twice bum elbow and you're buying the hitter that's going well into his 30s. We, my point is this. We sign guys with bum, el- bum, bum elbows all the time. We sign guys with Tommy John, two Tommy Johns. We just signed Jameson Tyon to $60 million uh, off of two Tommy Johns, right? So if I could offer you 
uh, Xander Bogarts plus Jameson Tyon, then you would probably do that. And if I did offer that to you, you were talking $350, $400 million. Actually, I would not take Xander Bogarts because that contract is going to be well, a train wreck. He's, I think Otani's a better hitter than, than, than him. So, I know, but you're buying a guy okay, in his 30s. What if 30s. I could offer you Soto plus Jameson Tyon in one package? What am I going to get from him? Am I going to make him a reliever? One of the things that is tough about making him a reliever that I hadn't thought of is how do you make him a closer if he can't? he's on the field in the eighth? I guess with Universal DH, you don't have to worry about that. Well, that's when we bring Mark Kotze out because Mark Kotze did that at Fullerton. Yeah. He was their closer. How do they do that in college? He would warm up. In the outfield? In the outfield. And Uh. then when they need him. But you got to remember, if it's a home game, you can go down. Because technically as a pitcher, and I can speak to this, I needed eight, ten pitches. I was ready to rock. So if it's a home game, let's say Otani's playing, they'd here. have to change him up. He's very fastidious about. He does long like warm ups. Oh, that's stuff. not good. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. But if you could get but him down to like a ten him. pitch routine or something, then like you could you could do something like that. You're right. Or or he just DHs all the time, and he's your DH slash. And then closer. you make him into yeah DH closer. That works too. Well, yeah. Do you see him ever really going to the field? But what if he's also on second base in the eighth? You know, at, the, at some point, get out there and throw it. Let's go, big boy. You're going to have two pitches. Yeah. Right? He's going to – well, I, fastball slider, fastball split. Well, the agent came out and said some stuff about the injuries in a different place, so it's not to the one that he, he – he's not to the ligament that he – the fresh the ligament. UCL, yeah. You know? And he was saying – he wouldn't say it out loud, but my the way I was reading what he was saying, and this is just me – speculating but speculating based on what the agent said is that he could get like an internal brace which is a six-month procedure and if he gets that six-month procedure uh he could be hitting uh in spring training and throwing in may now what do you think like recently it's the oblique it's the fatigue it's the there's a lot going on there but he has some agency too man like he's you know you got to talk to him you you know, like he wants to do these things and so you got to let I'm him do a, it. I I love that about him yeah. I mean that was the one thing like when he first came over and he like hard he'd pitch and then wouldn't hit for I went He wasn't ah. hitting that well yeah But the guy in the World Baseball Classic is the guy he's all in yeah, I love yeah. the fact he's a gamer he is a gamer Yeah and I think I think it'll maybe it starts with 3 but it'll be like 384 I think it'll start with a 4 and be like 420, 440. I, that, to me, yeah, people were talking 600. Yeah. I mean, think of where we were. That's where I get with, you're not buying prime years. It's you're gonna possible get, you're he gonna does gonna the pillow get like two, contract. Three, you're it's possible get, he does the pillow contract, too. If it, where you if, got opt-outs? If, if, if everybody's nervous about the elbow, where he just does one year or something, and he just, like, comes back out. I could see he's already, he's already making so much money, and we don't even we don't even know what he makes. And money is not the number one thing for him. It's pretty obvious because he came over early and cost himself millions. Well, we don't know what he makes off the field. Yeah, remember Michael Jordan made became a Michael Jordan became a billionaire because of Nike and Gatorade, not because of the Chicago I've Bulls. Seen, I've seen some wild U Darvish commercials from Japan. Like he's they make a lot of money. Yeah, it's like you, the soccer players; they make a lot of money away from the sport. Yeah, so I think I think uh, I think the one-year deal is possible, but if someone signs him to the ten-year deal, it's going to start with a four. All right, Cole Reagans, you did a piece on him. Now he's the guy that had two Tommy Johns down in Texas. Yeah, and it was, like his was really sad because he he had a Tommy John and then it tore in his final rehab start. Uh, and then I believe when he came back from the second Tommy John, the only reason why I really know this guy is 
know what I know. It's because I think it was against us. Yeah. And I prepared for that game. Oh, this is interesting. He was a top prospect. Mm-hmm. He's never been healthy. Two Tommy Johns, and you're like, damn. Yeah. So now he's actually finally making it happen. Well, not only that, and he went from 92 last year to 97. He's sitting 97 this year. He had 101 in the sixth inning, and uh, and he's doing great. And one of the things that was most interesting for me about the piece, and I went into it with him and his uh, trainer, his offseason trainer yeah. at Tread Athletic, um, was that um, – if you rehab too long, the things that we do in rehab are sometimes suboptimal. And so he rehabbed for two years. And you know what happens if you rehab for two years? You don't throw a breaking ball because, you know, Tommy John, they say don't throw your hard breaking ball for a while, you know. You baby it in there. You're not trying to be competitive. You're not letting it loose. You're throwing 88. You're getting pushy. You're doing the changeup because they want you to do the changeup because that's healthy for your arm and all this stuff. Yeah, you're not letting it go game speed. You're not right? letting yeah. it eat. You know, you're not letting it eat, and uh, and that actually starts to affect how you how your mechanics and stuff. And so, you know, the, part of the job was to undo some of the rehab, you know, and to, like, get you, him back you, to You know what I think about that? I think, like, as a sprinter, if you've been rehabbing and kind of protecting your hamstrings as a sprinter, yeah. and you've done it for so long that a minute – you go out in an actual now race, you line up, and they way. go, Kish! and you go, oh, and then you're hammy, yeah. right? I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let it go. Yeah, so that, that's a delicate, it, and that's why now you have rehab scientists on most teams, where there's somebody that's, you know, even a team that's dedicated just to rehab, and you know, they call them movement patterning. They talk about exactly what you're talking about is how do we rehab a person in the same movements that they make normally? I'm, I'm glad you bring it up, and I, I. I send Cody. Cody and I send each other stuff all night long, <laughs> and I sent it. It was it's one. True. Of, <laughs> it, it, it's one of the Padres. Who is the Padre that they just realized he's had problem with his vision because something with his brain? Whoa! God, who was it? I saw it last night. Cody, didn't I send that to you? Amongst all the other stupid stuff, I love. I, I love the guys also that get like uh, they get LASIK like halfway through their career and are like, oh yeah. I see the ball much better now. Well, it, it, it's, it's, God, it's Nola. No. Yeah, Austin Nola. Austin Nola. So, no. Yeah, they figured out. So he's been getting hammered in San Diego, right? Yeah. He's been getting hammered, and they figured out there's something with his eyesight. There's something going on that's messed with his eyesight. It's no a medical way. condition. Wow. So there's so many times we're figuring out why is this guy hitting? You know, you got idiots who oh, do post game yeah. shows <laughs> like me. Eight three three six two five two two seven eight. Why is this guy hitting two twenty? He yeah. stinks. Get him out of here. And you don't realize it's actually a physical condition. Oh my gosh! I mean, so many times, you know. And then the you know the personal life can be uh, can be you know weigh on somebody too. There's all sorts of different things that these are human beings, you know. Yeah. Little little things that they didn't think they had to you know tell anybody about little aches and pains you know an argument at home anything uh, can really lead to it so I try to really I think we should all have compassion for anybody who's struggling in this game I mean it's really tough and there's yeah. no doubt well unless you host a post game show <laughs> then it's, you, not, it's not how it works <laughs> then nobody has any compassion for you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
<laughs> There's zero. It's like when Marcus Simeon's dad used to call in. I'm like, please, just oh, don't, no. don't listen. He ended up becoming a fan of the show. Is Marcus Simeon's dad's great. Would you call if you said anything He was mad. Well, because he was leading the league in airs. <laughs> oh, and you had to say that. He was the butcher of Oakland. I mean, it was like, I can't watch this anymore. He then researched me because his dad played oh, a cow, no. and we had some people that we know. So then he realized I wasn't a bad guy. And I'm all, I'm all in for our players, right? But you got to have some honesty. Yeah. And he had being a call of the show, but I've always said Bob Guerin's wife used to listen to the show. I'm like, don't, don't, do don't listen to this show. Is a, the post game show is not meant for A's employees. It's not meant for A's family members. Well, if, it's if just you're not, not honest at all, then there's you know you got you got to be you got to there's a fine line there. I mean, that's all I'm saying. It's like you know there's a fine line. Yeah, fans are going to be fans. That's what post game shows are for. Right, right. That's why personnel should not listen to those. <laughs> there's plenty of other stations. You already and know how the game went. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to hear any more about it. <laughs> You really need more. Yeah, right. You really need more. You really need to hear more about what happened. Uh, we got to go. We still got the Eric Martins interview to play. That's right. I'm having a good time. Yeah. Well, this would be good. I'm, I'm going to be listening. Uh, Eric Martin's fascinating. Yeah. It's like a guy. I realized I was just looking like his age. He went to, I'm like, we played against each other in college. He went to Long Beach State. Nice. Yeah, we were there at the same time. Um, I really like We'll just end on this. We're starting to see how the coaching with some of these players is working in Oakland. And that means a lot to me because knowing how much they work, you got to see people, no matter what the record is, you got to see people get better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about Lawrence Butler because this was a guy that I thought was going to strike out 30% of the time. That's how he was doing in, in the early minors. And uh, he's really cut that. And if he, if he can really strike out 20% of the time like, he's, like he shows he can, like this is a guy who has all the tools. Uh, and I think can be a really exciting player. So, you know, you're starting to think about what that core is. And I think Noda's got that, like, you know, patience and power package. Geloff looks like uh, a star. So you're starting to assemble a core. Um, can I give you some advice as a spokesman? Yeah. Okay, when you really want to make money, you got to make you, – you got to do products – that people are buying like at grocery stores that moms buy like okay diapers there's certain Tide things. pods so, so the minute you start doing that kind of, that's when you've made it <laughs> that's when you've made it that you're 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 yeah, but now i have such a connection to my product I you're like it. bob euchre yeah. now <laughs> you're like doing beer I commercials i like this product because i know i like it because i just had one <laughs> remember, remember the old miller light less filling tastes great you yeah, know, you yeah got dick bunkus and those yeah, that's guys right. They love doing those commercials. <laughs> All right, play the man's commercial. He's a spokesman now. <laughs> hey, it's Eno Saris, your friendly neighborhood baseball scribe. There are two things I love, baseball and beer. When I'm not busy around the ballpark, you'll likely catch me back with a cold one at any of Fieldwork Brewing's eight locations sprinkled across the Bay Area. Fieldwork's got a rotating lineup of over 20 beers on tap that's as diverse as any 26-man roster. They got everything from super juicy, hazy IPAs, the crisp pilsners and tropical sours that make your taste buds do the wave. Whether you're all about that draft life or prefer to grab some cans to go, Fieldwork's got your bases covered. Check them out at fieldworkbrewing.com to learn more. That's fieldworkbrewing.com. They delivered to your house. By the way, uh, just on your way out, for an entire career, is Nolan Ryan the greatest pitcher of all time? Yes. I mean, no one struck out more guys than that guy. Yeah. And that guy, you realize that guy's elbow didn't give out till he was 46? That... They should take that UCL and they should 
take it out of his arm and study it. Like, why did this thing not pop to his 46? Eric Martin, are we doing Eric Martins now? Now? Yeah, we can do it now. You can say goodbye because you're going to do pre Goodbye, everybody. The great Eno Saris. Thank you for watching A's Cats Live. Thank you to Zach Geloff. Thank you to Chris Bassett. Thank you to Eno Saris. Here, infield coach, third base coach, lifelong A, player, scout, now a coach, Eric Martins. Martins is with us here on A's Cast Live. It's great to have you on. And I just want to say, first of all, congratulations to what you have done this year. We have really seen a dramatic improvement in infielders play. And isn't that what coaching is all about? Absolutely. I mean, we're at a point right now where we get to do that, you know, and that's what I love to do is coach. And, you know, we all look at Ron Washington. We all have a little bit of Ron Washington in us. I was fortunate enough to be able to be coached with him a little bit. And then when I was a hitting coach and when he was here and being able to be around him and bring that energy every day and just letting these guys know how important getting their work and their routine in on a daily basis. Yeah, I talk about it all the time on this show. I talk about it in the postgame show, the Ace Clubhouse show, where I say no matter what the record is, you can always be getting better. And it was so key for these young guys to learn that, that we're always getting better. And I think here in the second half, you tell me what you're seeing. I know I'm seeing it. I'm seeing guys play the game. They're better. They're fundamentally better. And that's not only about you, but that's about all the coaches. No, absolutely. That's one thing that we wanted to focus on to teach these guys is, you know, playing fundamental baseball. This is the big leagues, you know. And fortunately for you guys, you guys get to come up here and still have a learning curve where, you know, when we're going to be competitive, we're going to need you to know these things. So we're we're basing those things a lot. We do a little pregame meeting every, every new homestand or every new stand, uh, series, and we break down certain plays and go over those and teach the fun. We call them bushy fundies, right? So we'll go over with a relay or something like that. And, you know, as far as the fundamentals goes, we are getting better there defensively with the infielders. I tell the infielders, I said, look, I said, this is a day in process. You know, you gotta, you gotta manage your day, right? You gotta come in, you know, you're gonna hit, you know, you're gonna work out, you're gonna eat, you might see the trainer, but you also gotta add defense into that. And our routine that we do is five minutes. So if you can't give yourself five minutes on a day, you're not preparing yourself fully to be prepared for the game. You know, I think about certain guys are just different. I mean, when I look at Jordan Diaz, to me, he's not a natural infielder compared to Nick Allen, who is a natural infielder. Talk about how you work with different guys and do different skill sets. Absolutely. We have our routine out here where it's based on our footwork. I do a little ladders and cones and little glove work, just the different the, the routines that we're doing. Guys with Nick probably touching a little bit more on things that he needs to still continue to get better on, right? Not so much of the fundamentals because he's so fundamentally sound. With Jordan, he needs a little work everywhere, you know, and it starts more importantly with his feet, trying to get his feet quicker to be a little bit more athletic. He's always caught the ball, right? But everything that's been a problem with him has been his footwork, whether after he catches the ball, his feet are lazy, which affects his throws. So he's been on top of that since we got him late last year. I told him the importance of him getting out here. He wants to hit, of course, because he's a hitter. But understand that him, he's coming out and playing third base now. Yeah. Right? And we're giving you a run. Yeah. So do you want to be embarrassed or do you want to come out here and continue to get better and prove people wrong? You said you weren't a good defender back in the day. And so now you've seen a difference in him. He's always out here every single day, you know, making it important for him to manage his day that he's out here on time getting his work done. And he works really hard, and you see the improvements with him. I always – the two guys I always bring up that I watched a lot, because I always say middle infielders have such great feet. They have the rhythm. They have the feet. They're like dancers. I think Ozzy Smith yeah. arguably is the greatest of all time, and Roberto Alomar. There was just something about them – Maybe you can explain a little better than I can, but it's just 
it, it's rhythm, it's timing, it's beautiful balance and, and feet. The footwork is unbelievable. What truly makes a great infielder? Absolutely. I mean, you look at those guys, right? And it seemed like they never got a bad hop. So that's when I watch infielders. How routine are these ground balls that they're when when they feel the ball? Does it look smooth and easy each time? And when you watch it from the side, you know, when you watch it on TV, it just looks like they're in rhythm each time. But it's the prep work before that. It's the reading of the hops, the first step, how they're getting their breaking down. They're getting themselves in a position to feel the ball clean, using their feet and their hands together to make the throw across the diamond. It's all the stuff that happens before they feel that ground ball that is really important. And so those guys, I mean, Robbie was so easy. He was so fun to watch. One of my favorites. Viscal was one of the best yeah. as well. Ozzy was just so acrobatic. I mean, you can, the list goes on and on. Of infields, you watch Correa. I mean, Correa makes plays that, I mean, it's it's pretty nice to watch him the way he moves and gets good angles. Bregman, I mean, Chappie, of course. You know, I'm fortunate to have those guys. But I mean, it's all about the footwork, the timing, the rhythm, making it look effortless. When in turn, I mean, they put themselves in a good position to make the play look the way it is. Well, you have that experience with Chapman going back to when he was a kid. Yeah, I had Chappie since he was 12 years old. You know, and I was blessed to. To coach him a little bit when I was scouting, I had him on my scout ball team, and then obviously drafted him and working with him here. And he's a special kid, you know, and he he takes his craft serious. And that's what I try to tell these guys. I said, you watch, you watch the best at their position. You watch the Olsons, the Chapmans, the Simeons. They're superstars, but they're out here every single day, still getting their work in because it's important to them. You guys are trying to make a name for yourself, and you want to kind of kind of maybe come out here half in, half out. That's not going to happen here. That's not going to work here. And those guys are taking it together. They've, they've taken it to the next step of being out here. And now we go out, we take our ground balls. And it's fun. There's energy out there. They're competing. They're talking. And, and now their defense is fun to them. They come out, they get their work in. They're having fun with it. And it's not hard work. You know, it's just touching base, a little bit of footwork, your handwork. Boom, five minutes, you're done for the day. You've touched on your defense. We're ready to go. You're fully prepared for the game. And whatever happens, happens now. When they make plays on the field, you see in the improvements on even Diaz's throws, on his first steps. Look, he's never going to be a guy that's going to be rangy and have the best feet, but he can be pretty good. Like We had him at second base last year and a little bit this year, and, and he made improvements because he felt confident. And fielding is confidence, and you get the confidence from the work that you do on the side. And for me, ever the most important stuff that we do on a daily basis to help our defense is on the side right here. It's not the ground balls we take during BP. It's not even the ground ball work. It's the stuff we do on the sides right here. How about that guy at second base right now? Because I don't think a lot of people realize how big Zach Geloff is. He was drafted as a third baseman. Yep. He's 6'3". It's not your average size for a second baseman, but obviously well, the arm issues moved him over there. But talk about the work in progress. It looks really good, but obviously it's not his natural position. No, I mean, he's just an, an unbelievable athlete. And you hit it on the head. I mean, the guy's a monster. Right? You see him on the field, okay, and then you sit, you stand next to him, you're like, geez, this guy is, he's massive. He could dunk on you. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing the hop, <laughs> you're seeing the hops that he has on some of those line drives, but Zach's a, he's a fun kid. I mean, you, you look at the work ethic and the energy and the passion that he brings every single day. And coming up here, he knew there were some things that he needed to get better. And he's continuously, now he, he has his own routine and he feels naked without it which is good yeah. now. And you've seen the improvements of him with a little bit of range to his left. We're still working on the double plays to, to be able to turn some that need to be turned a little bit quicker, but the kid wants to be great. That's all he cares about helping the team win. And he's, he's, he's fun to work with. Let's end on this. You're drafted by the A's. You play in the A's system. You've coached in the A's system all these years. You're an ace guy. What does that mean to you? An organizational A's person, just, what does that mean to you in your career? It means a lot. I mean, this is uh, the tradition of the Oakland A's is unbelievable. 
You know, I've been blessed to be here for 20 something plus years, played, scouted on top of that, yeah. coach now and here in the big leagues. And, you know, this is what I want to do. This is kind of my my personality, you know, grindy kind of, you know, we don't have the best stuff, but we make do, we get out there, we get after it. Kind of like my college mantra of being a dirtbag when I was at Long Beach State. It's kind, no. of what I, it's kind of what I'm accustomed to doing, you know, and this is kind of what I what I like to do and get those gritty type guys and, and make them better and want them to work. And, you know, but the organization, I mean, I've been blessed to be here and then bringing me back every single year. And and I've kind of done everything now. It's crazy. You know, everyone wants, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'm like, God, I don't, I've done everything now. You're doing I'm, it. I'm doing it. So <laughs> it's just like I just continue to go out and, and bless with the opportunities that they give me. And, you know, being a third base coach and an infield coach is, I, I've, you know, I've been a hitting coach. It's 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 been fun. And, and you know, I love this organization and I'm just blessed to be here and, and be part of it for this long. Well, once again, to me, it's the biggest thing is, are people getting better? No matter what your skill level is, no matter how good you're going to be, all human beings, when they work hard, at some point start to get better. Yeah. And that's really what we've seen with your infielders. So I just want to say congratulations. We wanted to bring it up here because we know it's been a tough year, but as a coach, your pupils, they're getting better, and that's a big deal. I appreciate it. And I think they're seeing it too, and they're getting more confident. So it's fun to do. Great stuff, and uh, next time we'll talk to you, we'll be down spring training. All right, sounds good, Dan. Appreciate it. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's Link Soul. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.